As rivalries go, there are few in Karnataka that match the one between HD Devagowda and Sidramaiah. After all, they were colleagues and collaborators for 23 years before they split up. Of the two, Devagowda was the senior leader who was instrumental in helping the Janata Party secure a legacy, and Sidramaiah was the younger firebrand who became an MLA in 1983, the year the Janata Party came to power in Karnataka. That was the first non-Congress government in the state's history. To find out more about this relationship, I spoke to veteran journalist Imran Kureishi, who has been reporting on Karnataka's politics since the late 70s. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of Devagowda and Sidramaiah's relationship, since you've seen it from its very beginning? I mean, there are lots of people who have been, you know, in politics. Uh, they are friends, and they become foes, and foes become friends. It's so common in politics. But in the case of uh, Sidramaiah and Devagowda, the relationship is very strange. There was a point of time when uh, Sidramaiah was trying to get a uh, the Janata Party nomination to contest the assembly election uh, in 1983, and uh, at that point of time, uh, Devagowda had opposed giving him the ticket. But Sidramaiah, in spite of that, got elected and uh, came to the assembly as an independent member and uh, subsequently in 1985 he was given the party nomination again i think it was mr devagoda was president of the party at that time and he had no objections to it it was after 1985 that uh, devagoda realized the importance of the significance of having a social access with between the Vokalidas and the Kuruba community. When Devagoda realizes that if he has to expand his base and become a leader of in, in southern Karnataka, I mean, he became leader in southern Karnataka largely, it should be, it cannot be without the help of, without the social access. So he had the social access with the Kuruba community and therefore Sidramaya, he felt, he's the meaning, I mean, it really helped him grow as well. There's no doubt about that. The fissures between the two really began in 2004, when Sidramaya was made Deputy Chief Minister after the Congress and JDS struck up an unexpected alliance. By then, Devegowda had begun to rely more and more on his younger son, H.D. Kumarswami. In 2005, Sidramaya was removed from his position because of a rebellion within the JDS that was led by Kumarswami. Sidramaya was forced out and he joined the Congress and the JDS went on tie-up with the BJP, supposedly against Devagowda's wishes. After Sidramaya's exit, the JDS transformed into an extension of the Devagowda family as there were no internal challengers left. In the years that followed, Gowda, who fancied himself as a national leader, being the former Prime Minister, tried to stay clear of state politics. He watched from the sidelines, first as his son's government with the BJP crumbled in 2007, and then as the BJP came to power on its own in 2008. To make things worse, in 2013, Sidramaya became Chief Minister after the Congress won a majority, and he went on to rule for five years, a record Gowda himself didn't have. So you couldn't blame the people of the state if they were amused to see Devagowda and Sidramaya, who till recently had been bickering in public, sitting next to each other 
addressing a press conference on October 28, 2018, talking about unity. Let's listen in to that somewhat awkward press conference that Sidramaya and Devegowda addressed. The voice you are hearing is of Devegowda. And this is what he is saying. Please cooperate with us and bless us to be successful in this important work. And I ask the great people of this state to forgive us for our mistakes. I appeal to the electors to bless us to win the five by-elections. Jatyatita shakti gadu vandu gudu dhaku. Jatyatita pakshita parvayagita gadu matagadu yubhajanayagu barudu. Ii sannivesavanna tappusli koskaru vage karnadida navi gagle samisa sarkaranu kuda rachanay madu kadi jivi. And this is Sidramaya. We are fighting this election together, keeping the 2019 Lok Sabha elections in mind. Secular forces should unite and secular votes shouldn't get divided. To avoid such a situation, we have already formed a coalition government in Karnataka. And in these by-elections, we will fight together. Because our party workers are united, we will definitely win all five seats. Here's Imran Qureshi talking about that press conference. What yeah. was your feeling because uh, you were also there on that day when Sidramaya and uh, Devegowda were back on stage for the first time after 13 years? I was really not surprised with this because this happens in politics. I mean, this has happened all through in politics, not just in Karnataka, but elsewhere as well. And of course, the bitterness was very visible. I mean, you were also there and we all saw that there was a lot of... And uh, they, they didn't know how to, whether to shake hands or whether to... <laughs> And <laughs> uh, uh, the uh, television cameras would uh, have recorded it, but I'm not too sure whether they showed it in the right perspective. I mean, how much, there was so much of hesitation in, uh, in every move that both of them made on, on, while sitting on, in, front of, in front of the media. They didn't know. I mean, there were constantly Sidramaya was turning around to Devagora and looking at him and wondering what he what, what was going to say next. It was so very obvious that there was so much of discomfort. Between the two, they could not. And that actually, that was an expression of the elite, uh, the extent of bitterness that existed between the two. And mind you, this bitterness has not existed between the Congress Party and the Janata Party or the Janata Parivar, Janata Dal, Secular, or whatever it's called. Uh, I know in the recent times, it has existed since 1983. And then the Congress party goes and has this alliance with uh, <laughs> the JDF. Yes, it is, it is a comparatively a secular party even compared to the BJP. Yes, certainly it is. But then it is, I mean, that is it. But bitterness that exists in all Karnataka, in uh, all Mysore area, is something that, that is very historic. Devegowda and Sidramaya knew that it would be tough to unite the local workers of the two parties. But they had no option because a by-election was coming soon and they had to show that together they could stop the BJP in the Lok Sabha elections of 2019. Hello once again, I'm Vikram Gopal and welcome to House on Fire, a podcast series on the turbulent political drama in Karnataka after the state elections in 2018. 
In the previous chapter, we covered a lot of ground and saw how all three parties tried to stake a claim to power in May 2018 before the Congress JDS coalition took charge. This is chapter 2 where bitter rivalries seem to be forgotten and newer ones are formed. No matter how hard Kumar Swami and the new government tried, it was difficult to emerge out of Sidramaiah's shadow. Every decision the coalition took was compared with Sidramaiah's governance. To be fair to Kumar Swami, any government that followed Sidramaiah's would have been judged equally harshly because between 2013 and 2018 the people of the state didn't have to worry that the government would be toppled or the chief minister changed overnight. 3 months into the coalition its worst fears were confirmed when Sidramaiah declared that he wanted to be chief minister again. At a public rally he said his enemies had united in the assembly elections to ensure his defeat. ಇಗೋಡಿ ನನಗೆ ಈ ಸಾರಿ ಮತ್ತೆ ಸಿದ್ದರಾಮಯ್ಯ ಚೀಫ್ ಮಿನಿಸ್ಟರ್ ಆಗಬಾರದು ಅಂತ ಹೇಳಿ ಎಲ್ಲ ನನ್ನ ವಿರೋಧ ಶಕ್ತಿಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ಒಂದಾಗುತ್ತದೆ ಎಲ್ಲ ವಿರೋಧ ಶಕ್ತಿಗಳು ಒಂದಾಗುತ್ತದೆ ಎಲ್ಲರೂ ಸಿದ್ದರಾಮಯ್ಯ ಇನ್ನೊಂದ್ಸರಿ ಚೀಫ್ ಮಿನಿಸ್ಟರ್ ಆಗಬಾರದು ಬಟ್ ಐ ಫೀಲ್ ಐ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಚೀಫ್ ಮಿನಿಸ್ಟರ್ ಗೇನ್ ಇಫ್ ದ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಬ್ಲೆಸ್ ಮೀ I was hoping to be chief minister again and do more work for the people. What was the BJP thinking about these incidents? I spoke to the current tourism minister CT Ravi to find out. Delivery is Sidramayyanavara statement. Nananna ella seri pituri maadi solsidru annuvanta one statement na Chamundeshwar illu nananna pituri maadi solsidru anta Sidramayyanavara statement kottru. ಸಿದ್ದರಾಮಯ್ಯಾಸ್ವಾಮಿಸ್ಟರ್ he made many of his supporters say it repeatedly as well but aur himbalakar mulka bhagaga helisidare these differences were natural because there was bound to be some initial hiccups in an alliance between two rival parties what the government wasn't prepared for was a festering feud within the congress and it started with an election in the northern belgavi district that wouldn't even have been reported on normally This election was for the post of chairman of the PLD Bank or Primary Land Development Bank a colonial legacy institution that provides long term credit to farmers these cooperative institutions are important in local politics where politicians see them as powerful vehicles to extend their influence Lakshmi Hebalkar of the Congress a first time MLA wanted her group to win it and Hebalkar was no novice She was the president of the women's wing of the Congress at that time and is a career politician. The problem for Hebalkar though were the Jarkioli brothers, powerful sugar barons from that same district who were sympathetic to all three parties. They felt threatened that she was challenging their authority and men in Karnataka's politics or any politics for that matter 
are not known for taking it well when that happens i spoke to ishwar khandre about this issue because he was tasked with diffusing this situation like an ego issue nothing else the mm. small groups will be there in all constituencies like mm. was also there were two groups one group belonging to lakshmi abarkar one group belonging to ranesh arkoli it was sorted out very amicably when i went there so i spoke to both the groups and then it was resolved that issue was no more no more there in politics nothing is small nothing is big all all are same only the small issues will only trigger uh, and it will become a very big issue soon this also became a fight between ramesh jarki holi the eldest brother and dk shivkumar the congress's troubleshooter slash muscle man and one of the richest mlas with reported assets worth rupees 840 crore ramesh jarki holi threatened to quit the congress and ensure the coalition's fall he would in the coming days be the most committed rebel never wavering in his resolve to bring down the coalition khandre helped work out a solution to assure the jarkiolis of their unquestioned dominance although hebalkar's group eventually won the election like the rest of the state the bjp decided to watch what was happening here's ravi on the strategy the party worked out baala dina sarkara iralla anta namage anustu naavu eshtu moonavagirtivi astu jagala avuraartare naavu madhya pravesha madadashtu avaru bondage jaasti agutte naavu kadame madhya pravesha madbeku mattu jagala we felt that the government wouldn't last long we discussed at a core committee meeting of the party that if we keep quiet they will fight but they will unite if we intervene and they did begin to fight more when we kept silent the jarki holies consumed the news cycle for a week but there was something more entertaining on the horizon the by elections the first test of the coalition The by-elections were being held because five seats fell vacant, two in the assembly and three in the Lok Sabha. The two assembly seats were Ramnagra and Jamkhandi, but the attention was really focused on the three Lok Sabha seats because this was played up as a referendum on the Modi government coming just 6 months before the 2019 general elections. All three Lok Sabha seats, Shivmogga, Bellary and Mandya fell vacant after the incumbent MPs including Yadurappa won in the state elections in May with voting set to take place on November 3 the coalition had finalized candidates for all the other seats except for Bellary there the congress pulled a surprise that the BJP didn't see coming it chose long-time congressman VS Ugrappa as its candidate even though he hadn't won an election before my good friend Anusha Ravi a reporter with the new indian express was the first to write about the congress's bellari pick here's an excerpt of a conversation i had with her about this anusha you uh, wrote first that uh, mr v s ukrappa a relative yes. novice in electoral politics would be the congress jds coalition's candidate in bellari so can you tell yes. us a little bit about 
you know, how you got to know this and what was the thinking behind fielding somebody like Mr. Ugrappa? Right. I will not tell you how I got to know this, but <laughs> on the other hand, uh, Mr. V.S. Ugrappa, I had the opportunity to talk to him just one day before the Congress made its uh, candidate yeah. official. Perhaps by then, Mr. Ugrappa uh, had come to know, or it was conveyed to him, that he's the most likely choice for a candidate. Uh, now, why Mr. V.S. Ugrappa? There are a lot of things that were taken into consideration when uh, Ugrappa was zeroed in on by the Congress of the JDA. First of all, of course, the caste combination. Now, Bellari is a reserve constituency. But honestly, one of the key reasons why Mr. Ugrappa was also a convenient candidate for the Congress was because the Congress had won uh, six out of eight assembly uh, constituencies in Bellari in the uh, assembly election just a few months before the Lok Sabha bypoll. And they needed to ensure that they pick a candidate who does not become a threat to their own MLAs in Bellari. They wanted someone who's educated, someone from the same community, someone who did not come across as a threat, and someone who can be a consensus candidate. The infamous cold rivalry between D.K. Shivkumar and uh, Siddharamaya. Here was a candidate that both these leaders could agree, uh, agree upon. So I think all of these things helped Mr. Ugrappa finally emerge as a candidate for the Congress various coalition. This was also the time when reconciliation seemed to be the dominant theme because it wasn't just Deve Gauda and Sidramaya who called a truce. Kumar Swami and DK Shiv Kumar too consolidated an unlikely friendship. Both contests from the Bengaluru rural district and their constituencies are next to each other. Because both belong to the Waklika caste and fight for dominance in the community, they've always been wary of each other. On November 1st, with just two days to the election, Shivkumar and his younger brother D.K. Suresh, also a Congress MP, showed just how much this friendship had grown. Well, uh, good news for Anita Kumaraswamy, the wife of Karnataka Chief Minister E.K. Kumaraswamy, the Ramnagara Assembly bipole on a Janta Dal secular ticket. Her BJP opponent, L. Chandrasekhar, who joined the BJP from the Congress just before the filing of nominations, has now returned to the Congress. Maya Sharma joining us at this point for more. Uh, Maya, clearly uh, uh, good news there for uh, uh, Mrs. Kumaraswamy, but what really happened? Really amazing political development, even by the standards of Indian politics, Ankita. Yes, certainly, it seems to clear the way for Anita Kumaraswamy, the wife of Chief Minister Kumaraswamy, who is standing as a JDS candidate in Ramnagara. It was always seen as a JDS stronghold. It was expected that Anita Kumaraswamy, with the backing of her party and her husband, would sail through. But the fact is now that the BJP candidate is no longer a BJP candidate. So, of course, making her job that much easier. And now, results day, November the 6th. Here's the quince Arundev on what was unfolding. For the Congress JDS coalition, there is good news. Out of the five constituencies going for the by-election, at least in four, the Congress is leading at this point of time. In Ballari, which is considered a BJP bastion, the Congress candidate is leading by at least 1,74,000 votes. In Mantia and Ramnagaram, two other constituencies of JDS uh, Congress coalition, the candidates are leading by 71,000 and 99,000 votes respectively. In Jamkanti, where by-elections were called after the Congress candidate passed away, his son is leading 
with a vote of 32,000 at this point of time. Only in Shimoga, the BJP is leading at this point of time by 36,000 votes. Mind you, this is the same seat where Yudhirappa had won last election with at least three and a half flags vote lead. I spoke to leaders from all three parties about that by-election. Here's what BJP CT Ravi had to say. We said Chandrasekhar wasn't trustworthy. But bad decisions are made sometimes either because of overconfidence or wrong strategy. It was humiliating for a national party like ours, an ideological party. Dinesh Gundurao, the Karnataka Congress president at that time, told me recently that back in 2018, he felt the victory would bring the coalition partners closer. Here's an excerpt from that conversation. Seeing that, yes, you know, there is, uh, uh, that we can work things out and you know, if we can coordinate uh, between each other well, uh, we can definitely come out, you know, and get a good result and be able to get to come at last. Uh, whether it lasts for five years or not, I'm not too sure about that. But definitely, we were thinking that it can last for you know, a longer time, much longer than what uh, actually happened. It's been almost two years since these events. In the course of producing this podcast, I spoke to many of the characters in this political theatre. While some were reflective, others were still bitter. For example, former Chief Minister H.T. Kumarswamy, who seemed to be over the moon with the by-election results in 2018, but felt dramatically differently when I spoke to him recently. Those elections were decided based on local issues. The Congress didn't work wholeheartedly. They only looked at how best to utilize us and they kept trying to destroy us. Driven by this success, the coalition decided to placate many of its MLAs who had demanded ministerial posts. The coalition's leaders felt brave enough to punish Ramesh Jarkiholi for his non-performance as a minister and decided to replace him with his younger brother Satish. Another minister, R. Shankar, an independent, was removed as well. So on December 22nd, the coalition inducted eight ministers, leaving two posts vacant, both from the JDS's share. No sooner had they done this, than Ramesh Jarkiholi threatened to bring down the coalition again. And he said he was in touch with other unhappy leaders. While all of this was unfolding in Karnataka, the Lok Sabha elections loomed large for the BJP. Just after the new year, it called its leaders from across the country, including Karnataka, to prepare for the polls. Rumours surfaced around this time that the Karnataka leaders of the BJP were about to discuss destabilizing the coalition government. So it was no surprise then that on January 14, Shivkumar told the media gathered at his house that he knew Operation Kamala was underway. This was a name given to a BJP strategy of engineering defections 
which had which it had used even in 2008 the very next day independent mlas r shankar and h nagesh who had both supported the coalition government told the press at a hotel in mumbai that they were withdrawing support this is nagesh speaking to ani the support what i extended to the coalition government with great anticipation to provide good governance and stable government it utterly failed uh, it's beyond our expectation never uh, thought that uh, they would do like this there is no understanding between the coalition partners uh, the other uh, partners they something they these people they something there's some uh, mismatch and there is no respect and uh, recognition for the mls uh, as per my experience i don't know about others as an independent i experienced it's a suffocative atmosphere so i decided to go with uh, bjp uh, to install a stable government and to uh, see that the government performs better uh, than the coalition after kumar swami claimed that some bjp mlas were in touch with him a concerned bjp moved its mlas to a resort on the outskirts of delhi faced with the rebellion the congress called a meeting of its legislature party on january 17th it even issued a whip asking for full attendance a whip is a parliamentary mechanism that is used to enforce party discipline but this whip was non binding because the house was not in session on january 17th the rebels called the congress's bluff and four mlas skipped the meeting ramesh jarkiholi mahesh kumtali b nagendra and umesh jadhav all kept away so the congress decided to strike back and make an example as a leader of the legislative party that's sidramaiya speaking i wishing notices to these absentees we are, we are not afraid of we are not afraid of any notice operation sir notice operation is idilla ee pada yavaga belakku bandu gotta nimge yavaga chaanthi bandre The Congress also decided that it would move its MLAs to a resort, the Eagleton Golf Resort on the outskirts of Bangalore, a favorite of D K Shiv Kumar, the enforcer. So once again, Karnataka saw the return of a very familiar phenomenon. resort politics resort politics is a common practice now in indian democracy as the name suggests it involves five star resorts and politicians from 1983 politicians from karnataka and other states seem to have developed a love for resorts in karnataka maybe because of the pleasant weather these resorts are perfect for a good old political r&r and saving our politicians from seductive rival parties but that's not how it turned out for the congress on january 19 news emerged that one of its mlas b anand singh had been admitted to a hospital he had been beaten up by his party colleague during a brawl inside the resort the previous night yes that's right two mlas had a physical fight in the resort JN Ganesh beat up Singh pretty badly and initially the congress denied that any such thing had happened but by afternoon on that sunday 
images started coming in of Singh's bruised face. There was no hiding now, and Singh filed a police complaint against the MLA. But Ganesh magically disappeared from the resort before the police could reach there. Eight months into the coalition's existence, there were many issues it hadn't sorted out. But more than the coordination between the parties, which clearly was an issue, the larger problem was the internal warfare in the Congress. What was really going on here? It was obvious that Sidramaya would never be the coalition's greatest supporter, but that was just one of the problems. More than that, what could possibly prompt MLAs to get into a fist fight with each other? And where was the BJP in all of this? Of course, CT Ravi did say that his party decided to play a passive role, but did it? Not according to the coalition's leaders, who claimed that it was in fact proactively ensuring the government's fall, offering MLAs as much as 30 crore to switch. Exactly, 30 crores. Most importantly, what did the people of the state think about what was happening? The people who vote for and continue supporting these politicians. There is clearly no such thing as party loyalty, forget ideological beliefs. Friendships and rivalries are in constant flux and the state's governance isn't on top of anybody's agenda. Listeners who have made it this far, thank you. I guess you've been entertained, but this is the state of our much-celebrated democracy. And we should all be alarmed and concerned. In the next episode, the coalition implodes in the Lok Sabha polls. It's an embarrassing defeat and it seems that after all, some rivalries just cannot be overcome. House on Fire has been independently produced by me, Vikram Gopal. Cover art, scripting, website design and a whole lot more by Namita Nair. All the music used on this podcast was created by independent artists and was sourced from the Free Music Archive. For more information, including on the music and for additional resources, please visit www.houseonfirepodcast.com.